If you got a Bible, let's go to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. Hallelujah. We're looking at verses 21 through 28. Matthew 15, 21 through 28. Christ for the crisis. When you found it, say amen. I'll read in your hearing verse 28, then we'll pray, and then we'll preach. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Let's pray. Father, speak now. In Jesus' name, amen. Life is difficult. Many of us know that life is unpredictable. When we wake up in the morning, we don't know how life will end. But there are some things in life that are very consistent. Amen. And so, one thing is consistent, and that is God's love for us. I'll say it again, because you didn't say amen. I know you wanted to move your lips. God's love for us is consistent. We know that God will love us even if we sin or we do right. His love doesn't change. I went to a church one day and a lady said to the children in the children's story, she said, if you sin, God won't love you. That is a lie. And then I go to other churches and they act as if people that are in a sinful life have mercy. God loves them less than those of us that are trying to do the right thing. That is not biblical. God loves the sinner and the saint. Come on, say amen. And he loves us all and his love doesn't change. It's consistent. And I'm a Christian today, not because of Adventism. I'm a Christian today because I love Jesus. And most of all, Jesus loves me. If the label over the door changes and, and, and the label no longer says Seventh-day Adventist, I will still be a Christian because God loves me. Because when I was in my sin, the church did nothing to save me. They judged me. Come on now. They called me names. But did nothing to come find me and to help me. I hope you know what I'm saying. But today I stand here, hallelujah. A Christian saved by grace because of the love of Jesus Christ. We talk about grace, but we don't believe in it. And I know that because if someone does something wrong, we categorize their sin and treat them differently. Do you know that it's hard for someone that has committed adultery to be a preacher? Do you know that it's hard for someone that used to be a drug addict to come back to church and become your first elder? Because every time there is nominating committee, we remind them 
of what they did 10, 15 years ago so they can't be part of the church. I'm so glad that God is not a seven-day Adventist. Now, you all won't like me, and I didn't come to be liked, because God loves me, Jennifer loves me, my children loves me, and my grandchildren love me. So I don't care if you love me or not. I really don't. But I came to preach the gospel. And I had not come to, is it, I came to preach a gospel for the church in 2018. Not the church in 2017, 16, or in 1976. Because we are losing too many young people. Because we're preaching a gospel that is so old and so archaic that they cannot identify. We are baptizing more in our church than ever before. But we're also losing more. Are you here? And so I'm going to be real. Can I be real? Let's go to our text. And so in Matthew chapter 15, the Bible tells us a story. I'll paraphrase it because of time. They, in this church, you all got the Holy Ghost on time. So I'll try to be obedient. Amen. I'll try my best. Is that okay? I'll try my best. It means that I can't preach my full messages, but I'll do what I can in the time given. In Matthew 15 and verses 21 to 28, there is a woman. And this woman now is from the coast of Sidon, yeah, near Canaan, near Tyra. The woman has come because she hears about Jesus. Hallelujah. And when you hear about Jesus, things happen in your life. Is that all right? So the woman comes and she cries out to Jesus, O son of David, hallelujah, have mercy on me. Which is powerful to me because this woman has a problem. You can tell she's not a church member because she's from the wrong place. Boy, somebody's going to catch that next week sometime. She's from the wrong place, from the wrong tribe. Come on now. Uh, from the wrong area. Her family isn't rich. They can't pay tithes. She's not to be around men because in that culture, you sh women and men didn't worship or hang around together. Plus, she was from the wrong place called Canaan and she was not one of the Israelite folk. And so the problem is she had to find Jesus despite her condition. Her condition was she had a child out of wedlock. Now the child has been demon possessed. Now the only person that can rescue the child from the demonic attack is Jesus. I wish someone knew what I just said. I got a statistic and you're going to be shocked. Over 50% of our church is oppressed by demons. I'm pausing for effect. You ought to know that, that some of us are demon possessed. Some of us are demonically influenced. Come on now. And some of us 
hang around with people that have demonic activity. Therefore, we're on the way to possession. The only people that will not be demon possessed, hallelujah, are people that love Jesus, hallelujah, with all their heart, soul, and mind. Come on now. And they read the word, they love God, they do the right thing as best they can. When you love Jesus like that, you cannot be possessed. Because possession says you are owned by only one master. Are you hearing me? So the woman now is from the wrong side of the tracks. But sometimes you get so desperate, come on, that you don't care about tradition. You got to get outside of the box, come on. And the woman decided that day that she's had enough. Her trial must end today, come on now. The woman decides that it doesn't matter what the people say. I'm going to find this Jesus. Hallelujah. She didn't worry about tradition. Didn't worry about what the law said. Didn't worry about that she was from another place. No. The woman says, I'm going to find Jesus. I've got news for you today. That is the reason why you need to come to church. That is the reason why you need a Christian education. That is the reason why we're here. It's because we need to find Jesus. Hallelujah. If you've come for any other reason, you've come to the wrong place. Because all I preach is Jesus. A man told me the other day, he said, Pastor, you preach too much Jesus and too much grace. He said, you don't preach about the Pope and, and all that stuff. I said, my brother, the Pope didn't die to save me. Hello. I don't care what the Pope is doing. Because I don't look at the counterfeit. I look at the real deal. The song says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Oh yes, I know about dragons and beasts and all that kind of stuff. But right now, our young folk, you need Jesus. If I teach you about the Pope and the dragons and the beast and you don't know about Jesus, I'm setting you up to be fanatics. And our church has too many fanatics already than for us to add 2,000 more. Come on, say amen. Hmm. So the woman comes and she cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But the Bible says he doesn't answer her a word. Have you ever prayed to God and it seems like he hasn't answered you? Come on now. The woman has broken every barrier down, has made her way in front of Jesus, and Jesus don't answer her? If that was me, I would quit. And I'll go back home with my demon-possessed daughter. But then the Bible goes on to say, hallelujah, that the woman doesn't stop there. Come on, say amen. The woman now goes and she's begging now, God, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And now the disciples come and the disciples say, send her away because she shouldn't be around us. She's crying too loud. Send her, send her away. Do you know that I don't like the disciples? 
Out of everybody in scripture, I don't like the disciples. I deliberately did not name my children the name of disciples. Because disciples, are you hearing me? They were some of the wickedest people in scripture. They tried to keep people away from Jesus. They argued amongst themselves. Come on now. They do all kind of stuff. And then when Jesus really needed them at the cross, they betrayed him. Send her away. Because she's not the right kind of person. She has a child out of wedlock. She, 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 she's from another place. Send her away. And Jesus says, I'm not sent to you, woman. I've sent to the household of Israel. Now, I got a problem in the text. First of all, Jesus doesn't answer her. Secondly, he says, I'm not sent to your kind of people. At this point, I will give up on Jesus and go look for another Messiah. But you know what I like about this lady? Hallelujah. Verse 25 and on says the woman now starts to worship. Come on. You didn't hear what I said. Even though Christ appeared not to hear her. Even though he was said he was sent to the house of Israel. Guess what? Brethren, the woman started worshiping. Can we talk about worship? Do you know that some of us have never worshipped God? And the reason is, is because we rely on a program in order to worship. And I'm going again because some of you are looking at me like I'm crazy. We rely on a program. And if you don't follow this, then we haven't worshipped. Song service, welcome, opening song. Opening prayer, meditational thought, scripture reading, uh, musical item, the message, and the closing prayer. And we call this worship. When I looked at verse 25, and the woman, hallelujah, wanted to get through to God. She didn't have an opening song. She, 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 she didn't have an opening prayer. She didn't have a meditational thought from Ellen G. White. She didn't have a scripture reading. Are you here? She didn't have a musical item. <laughs> she didn't even have a sermon. She didn't have a closing prayer. No. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The woman is not a church member, but the Bible says she worshiped God. Hallelujah. Worship is 24-7, not an event that takes place at 11 o'clock on Tuesday. Worship governs how I dress. Worship governs how I react to you and how we react to each other. Come on now. Everything I do is an act of worship. But some of us, we limit worship to 11 o'clock on Sabbath. And then by 12.30, we need to be done. Some of us got so much sin, we should worship for days. 
I went to one church in New York. I gotta hurry up, you're gonna throw me out the building. I'm serious, the folk are very serious on me. I went to one church in New York. I won't call the name because they may look at the video. Amen. And while I was there, I was sitting there and they sang the meditational song. And uh, while they were singing the meditational song, it's by a man called Smokey Norfolk. I need you now. Powerful song. The Holy Spirit told me to get up and preach. Now we have a problem. Because what should come next is the children's story. And they're so used to their little style of worship as if that's all God accepts. But the Spirit told me to get up and preach. So who do I listen to? The bulletin or the Spirit? Is anybody here? So I decide to listen to the Spirit. Amen. So I get up and I go to the podium and I take my text. The elders behind me start to say, it's not your turn. <laughs> I don't listen to them because I'm in tune with the spirit. Come on now. And they're saying, sit down, pastor, sit down. And I'm taking my text. Anyway, I preached the sermon. Many souls came. We had a big baptism that evening. Gave their hearts to the Lord, but the elders were mad. They wouldn't even talk to me for the whole day. Because I didn't follow the program. Worship is about listening to the spirit of God. And it's he that leads you to worship. Are you hearing me? Worship is such a thing that I can't predict how you worship. And you can't predict how I worship. You have never walked in my shoes. You don't know the sins and the trial God has brought me through. So don't try and orchestrate my worship. And tell me how to do things. Brethren, one day I may sit in the corner and I may cry. Another day I may wave a holy hand. Another day, like the lame man in Acts chapter 3, I may stop jumping and praising God. Hallelujah. Brethren, when you walk in my shoes, you can tell me how to worship. But until then, let me do my thing the way God tells me to do it. And I'm beyond colonialism. God has set me free from that. I don't have to behave like somebody else. And so the woman now starts worshiping. Let me wrap it up so you can go to class. Hallelujah. Don't tell me take my time. Because, <laughs> because I take my time and we could be here by midday. Hallelujah. Because the word of God is exciting. Come on, say amen. Come on, say amen. Uh, y'all, y'all quiet. You're following the bulletin, I know. Let's go. Let's go. Are you ready? We're about to get deeper. Elbow the person next to you, say, wake up, he's getting deeper. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good. I see some of you are just leaning to the side. So I was going to wake you up. Amen. 
Now get ready, get ready. The woman now worships God. Worship turns God on. The reason we were born to worship, the reason why God created us was to worship him. Amen. If you don't worship God, you are sinning worse than adultery. Because that's why God created you, was to worship. I wish someone knew what I just said. So, the woman now is worshiping. Verse 27 and 28 is so powerful. Can I read it to you? Because I don't want to get it wrong because some of you are theologians in the building. And you may talk. Now look at verse 26. Hallelujah. After she worships God in verse 25, she says, Lord, help me. Verse 26 says, but he answered her and said, it is not my meat to take the children's bread. Hallelujah. And cast it to the dogs. Hold on. Did he just call the woman a dog? The first thing, he doesn't answer her. The second thing, he tells her, I'm not sent to your kind. I'm only sent, hallelujah, to the house of Israel. The third thing, he calls her a dog. At this point, I will leave Jesus and move away. Because ain't nobody calling me a dog. We're going to be fighting. Come on, say amen. But I tell you what. Brethren, verse 27. And get ready to shout. Hallelujah. Verse 27 is so powerful. The woman doesn't complain about being called a dog. Because now she uses the first step to breaking any addiction. And that is in verse 27, she admits that she has a problem. She says, true Lord. Wow. In other words, I am a dog. I'm a low-down, dirty dog. I'm not fit to be in your presence. Got a child out of wedlock. Got a demon-possessed child. Got no husband. I'm from the wrong place. True. Oh, Lord, I am a dog. But if you can let the dog out, let this dog out. And the woman says this. Yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. You didn't hear what I said. Otherwise, you'll be shouting. Brethren, what the woman just said and what you need to understand. That Jesus, if I'm a dog and you are the master. And you are baking the bread. Because you are the bread of life. The crumbs that fall from your table. I'm going to sit under your table and I'm going to eat every crumb because if the crumb comes from you, there is power in those crumbs to rescue any demonic addiction in Jesus name. God, I don't mind being your dog as long as you're my master. I'm going to sit under your table and eat every crumb. I wish someone knows what I'm trying to say. Stay under God's table. Let Jesus be your master. Let him be your Christ for the crisis. Eat his crumbs and I guarantee you, hallelujah, all of your demons will disappear in Jesus name. Ah. God, let this dog out. Now, 
there is a video game. And I know that some of you all don't like video games. But I was a child and we used to play this game. Some of you may know it. It's called Pac-Man. It is a non-violent game. Amen. That my mom used to let us play. I'm talking about the crumbs from the master's table. And so now in Pac-Man, you go around the grid. You know what I'm talking about. And there are people chasing you down. They look like demons. And so you're going, but in the corners of the thing, there are four crumbs. Can I call them crumbs? And if you eat those crumbs, you get power. I wish someone knew what I just said. And so you're being chased around, and then they will corner you in the corner. Mm. And then all of a sudden, the only hope you have is to eat one of those crumbs. When you eat the crumbs, all of a sudden, you get the strength. You turn around, and now the demons begin to flee. And you are chasing them. Come on now. And trying to kill them, hallelujah, because you've eaten the crumbs. I came by here to tell you that there are demons after your life. But if you eat a crumb of the word of God, hallelujah, you will be able to stand up and fight with the armor of God. And every demon in hell will run away from you because demons tremble at the name of Jesus. Are you here today? So I just thought before I end the service that we should call upon the name of Jesus. Just in case there are some demons in the building. And so when I go to watch basketball, they normally call the name of the main player. And so my main player back in the day was a man called Alan Iverson. And Alan, we would spell his name out. He played for the Philadelphia 76ers. And so we'll say, give me an A. And everyone will say, give me an A. And give me an L. And give me an L. And before you know it, we spell his name out. And everyone say, Alan, Alan, Alan. Because he was the superstar. I thought to myself. If I would come to Baraton and show up in Kedia, come on now. I just wonder if there are some folk that love to call upon the superstar called Jesus Christ. Are you here? So maybe I can ask you to give me a J. No, let's go again because some of you are miserable. Give me a J. Give me an E. Give me an S. Come on, give me a U. Give me an S. What does it spell? Come on, what does it spell? What does it spell? Demons tremble at that name. Can you say hallelujah? Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Like the fragrance after the rain. Kings and kingdoms may all pass away. But there's something about that name. Take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. It will joy and comfort give you. Take his name wherever you go. Well, let me end the thing. It's 11.52. Verse 28 says, Then Jesus said, Hallelujah. O woman, great is your faith. Be it as you will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Can the church say amen? amen. God says to the woman, 
I'm going to give you a blank check. You fill in the zeros. Come on, say amen. Be it as you will. Whatever you ask for in prayer, because of your faith, God says you will get it. Have mercy. I have a question for you. Are you ready for the miracle? Are you here? Are you ready for God to give you what you ask for? Some of the reason why God hasn't given it to us is because he can't trust us with the miracle. Because we don't serve him now, what makes you think you will serve him any better? When he gives you more money, or when he gives you a spouse, when he gives you good health. Are you here? But today, if you want to commit that to God and increase your faith in him, be it as you will. Great is your faith.